0: And we do the same thing with our hearts. When that stressful situation comes, like I had a bunch here that I shoved into my heart. I know, it's as hard on it. Um, like here's the bill from Children's Hospital. You never want to have to have a bill from Children's Hospital, let alone pay one. They're not cheap, by the way. Um, sorry. So this stressful situation comes. And I can say, well, that's a big bill. Uh, where are we going to get that money from? That's not in the budget. What are we going to do? What do I have to give up? What do I have to stop doing? How can I make this work? And, and, and if I let it, if I don't take that thought captive and say, I'm not accepting the stress from the situation, we just automatically do this, and we shove that stress in our heart, and it gets tucked in, where we could say no to that stress. We can't say no to the situation. They do expect you to actually pay them eventually. Eventually. Okay, I'm not talking about living in some sort of weird dreamland, fantasy land, living in denial. It's not denial at all. The situation stinks. But you don't have to get all bent out of shape about the situation. You never have to get bent out of shape. You never have to blow your lid. Okay, If you keep that lid on tight, that lid is the self-control, controlling your own emotions, not allowing your heart to be troubled no matter what it is. And so, in the, the, at the end of the sermon last week, I had stuffed my heart full of junk, right? All the junk from all the stuff in my life, and I had just kept saying yes to it. Now, this is subconscious for most of us, because most of us have built up something called a habit, okay? It's a psychological term. It means when you do something so often that you no longer think about it, you just do it. You react, okay? Okay? Um, it's one of the things that you train athletes to do. When a certain thing happens, you react. And if you do it often enough, that's why you practice. If you practice often enough, you react without even thinking. It becomes instinct, it becomes reflex. Okay? I propose to you that most of us have a reflex of saying yes to everything that comes our way. All the stress, all the anxiety, all the fear. It comes and we, we, it's as if we've pulled the goalie altogether. We don't even have a goalie up there. There's every shot that comes in is a score for the enemy. And our heart just gets filled up with all these arrows, with all this junk. Because we're not even trying to say no. Because a lot of us don't even realize we can. Like, I, I do this at conferences and at ch- churches and different places and stuff like that. And a lot of times, I usually stop and do discussions, because it's a longer format than this. And people be like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, I've never heard this. I didn't know this was a thing, that I could just say no to stuff. No, but I, I didn't know that. And I was like, neither did I know that. That's why I think this is so important. This is a thing. We can put the goatly back in. <laughs> okay? That's self-control. And we can start saying no to this stuff. Psychologists say it only takes a month to swap a bad habit for a good habit. That's all it takes. It's one month. In, mo- in a month, your life could be totally different. And so, alright, what do we do though when we're here? When we've said yes so much, and this was me so, so often, our heart is full, we've said yes, whether we realized it or not, we get this way, we've all been this way, some of us are this way a lot, some of us, this is our norm, and that's why life is so stressful or we get so sick all the time or whatever it is. And so how do we deal with this? 1 Peter 5, 6-7, this is a really, really good verse to memorize, For those of you who like memorizing. For those of you who don't like memorizing, this is a really good verse to memorize. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 7. This is one of my life passages, I think. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves, step one. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. That's a hint. God could humble you quite easily if you're not willing to humble yourself. One way or another, that's going to happen. So please, Peter says, please. And this is Peter. Peter is saying, humble yourselves. Come on, Pete. You, of all people, telling me to humble myself? He learned. He was humiliated at the cross when he denied Jesus. Jesus. But Jesus restored him. Peter learned how to humble himself. He learned what that meant. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. So we humble ourselves, and we cast all our anxieties on him. Now, that word cast means, like, to hurl something a long distance. You know, you... Or th- you're not, here's all my anxieties, Jesus, and I'm just going to lovingly place them right in front of you. No, no, no. This is cast your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He wants to make this trade. Because he actually does care. When we get this way, it's very easy to start believing lies like, he doesn't really care about you that much. Let's be honest. He cares about, like, the world. God's so of the world that he does stuff. But he doesn't really care about you particularly that much. Or God doesn't really care about you because you screwed up. You're you're a screw. You've made too many mistakes. You've made too many failures. You're too messed up. You're too broken. You're too old. You're too young. (laughs) He will say anything to get you to think that God doesn't care about you. Because like I said during worship, understanding the love and unconditional love of the Father for us is the number one most important thing in our life. It needs to define our identity. And so that's the first place the devil tries to get at. He doesn't love you like a perfect father would love a child. He doesn't. He doesn't really care. He's like the dad that is overbearing and who you can never measure up to. That's the kind of father he is. He will tell you whatever he needs to tell you to try to get at that relationship to make you think that he doesn't care. He cares for you. Therefore, we can cast all our anxieties on him. When our heart gets like this, when it gets filled with junk, we are supposed to give it to Jesus. Not just give it, we're supposed to cast it. So here's a cross So I'm going to cast this stuff at the cross. There's a piece of glass in there that hopefully didn't break. But I'm not going to stress about that. It's fine. Okay. So we cast our anxieties on him. And I learned how to do this in college. And it was really great. Because this feels so much better than all that. And I learned this from this verse from my um, pastor. And he's like, you gotta get, you got to learn how to do this, man. Cast all your anxiety on him. And that's not, that made it look like a really fast thing. But when, if you've never done it, if you're first getting into this, this takes time to learn how to do it. It might be a couple hour prayer time or something like that to actually give everything up to God. Because the way we usually do it is cast all our anxiety on him. And then we go like that. Like, yeah, I gave it all up. I gave it all up. Ooh, but that situation is still there. That's still, you know, I'm just going to shove this one back in there. Yay, I cast all my anxiety on Jesus, and I feel so much better. That's the problem. So this was my issue in college, is I would cast my anxiety on Jesus, and I got pretty good at it because I had to do it all the time. Because I kept getting filled back up. So the positive thing is I got good at this first. (laughs) And this feels so much better than that. But the problem was I just kept filling it back up again. And that doesn't work. It's not tenable. That's not a way to live life. It's not good. And so the first thing I learned to help fix this is peace. Can I have the peace blanket? Now that you're all nice and toasty. So I learned that nature abhors a vacuum. I learned that in class. I was a pre-med did a lot of science. Nature abhors a vacuum. If there's a vacuum in your life it will get filled with something. So you cast all your anxieties on Jesus. Your heart is nice and empty now. Empty is better than full of junk, but it's still empty. It's going to fill up. What's it going to fill up with? You? Yourself? You're going to fill up with more of that? Or are you going to do this and fill it up with peace? Peace I give you. My peace I leave you. And so I learned that if that doesn't work, it's much easier to just shove some peace in there. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is in here. He lives in here all the time having him fill our spirit and our heart with peace isn't hard for him. He's already there. He doesn't have anything going on. And he is peace. So he just pushes out. He fills your spirit, then he fills your heart. And then it affects your body. And your body stops producing all those nasty things that destroy your organs and give you all the diseases that we talked about last week. And... Some people can actually feel it physically when the peace kicks in to their, when it reaches the body level. So we're, we're spirit, soul, and body, right? Three parts. And peace, God, the Holy Spirit, lives in our spirit. So he fills our spirit with peace, then it fills our soul, and then it fills our body. And there are a lot of people who can actually feel the physical sensation of that peace. They're like, whoa, yeah. It's like a, it's like a good drug, except it's good for you and not bad for you. And your brain, oh, we're not stressed anymore? Okay, I'll stop doing that. I'll stop producing all that stuff. All the stress response hormones that aren't, aren't evil or anything like that. They're there for a reason. They're there to help us run from a snake if we need to. They're there to help us catch our dinner. They're, I mean, they exist for a reason, but we live in them all the time, and our body is bathed in these stress hormones and all these chemicals all the time. That's what gives us heart disease, and all the stuff we talked about last week. That's the physical problem. And so we need to stop that from happening physically, and when the peace of God fills us, and here's the thing, there's no end to the peace of God. We can get as much of it as we want, because God is infinite, and he lives in us, and there is no end to how much peace we can cram into our heart, and it's pretty awesome when we get totally filled with this peace, So much that it's like pooching out and starting to touch everybody else around us because we have so much peace inside. And this is where we're supposed to live, brothers and sisters. We're supposed to live like this, crammed, full of God's peace. I dare say so full that our heart starts to actually have to get bigger in order to hold all that. And it comes out of the top, because we can't contain it anymore, and rivers of living water flow through us. It goes in us, fills us, and then out of us. Rivers flow. Rivers don't stop. Jesus didn't say, believe in me, and you will become ponds of living water. First of all, a pond isn't living. Living means moving, literally. Okay, So we're supposed to be rivers. That means it's coming in, and it's going out, like a popover or something, (laughs) right? This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, Joel. Yes, it does. Yep. Yeah, it's perfect. Actually, perfect. Um, So, yeah, it's 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 continual. This is not a one-time thing. It's a constant thing. And so we cast it out. Nature abhors a vacuum. But Jesus says, "I give you peace." We fill our hearts with peace. We're overflowing. It's awesome. And if the problem is we are leaky. We all leak. It's part of being a sinner saved by grace. Yes, we're saints, but we're still on our way to heaven, and we're not perfect, so we leak. That's that's why the Bible's always talking about things like daily bread. Why would we need daily bread? We ate bread already. No, you need some every day. We need the word of God. We need the spirit of God every day. And so we need more of this piece because we leak out a little bit. And here's the thing. This, it makes it a little harder. Let me grab one of these it makes it a little harder to cram one of these in when we're full of peace. We're going to talk about that more next week, but peace protects us. Peace is like a shield around us. But it's still possible because, again, what's in our heart is a, is a response to our own will, our own self-control. The Holy Spirit didn't shove this down our throat. We receive actively, yes, more, and more, and more, and we live in this, and we receive this. But if we choose to let this... <laughs> If you don't remember, this was laundry, just the busyness of life. There's so much work. I spent half of my Saturday cleaning yesterday the house. And it's just, it's so much time, and it it, it can get frustrating, and it's just stuff that never ends. And I don't know, why do you keep messing up your clothes? Just just don't make messes or leak out of your armpits. Um, (laughs) But if so, if we let it, Again, I choose to cast my anxiety. I choose to live in fear, but I can still choose to let this stuff back in. And what it happens is, it displaces the peace. Some of the peace has to leave when this fills the spot. It pushes it out like water, right? You have a bucket of water, and you shove something in it. What happens? Well, the water goes everywhere. It it gets out. There's no more. The water's not in there. And if you keep putting stuff in, eventually there's hardly any water left, and you end up empty, and you end up full of junk again, right? And that's what happens. And this was the problem. So I learned to cast my anxiety. I learned peace and the wonderful, wonderful way that peace works and how great it is, how it's so much better than stress. But what I didn't learn is how to stop this from happening again. And so I was in this cycle. Do you want the blanket back? Um, I was in this cycle of continually filling, filling myself up with bad stuff and having to cast it, filling myself up with peace, being awesome for like a few days or a week or two, and then eventually it fills up again. And it just kept happening and happening. I'm like, God, this doesn't seem efficient. I feel like there must be a better way. And God's like, yeah, there is a better way. Read the the book, man. So I read the book. Then I started to see the self-control part. Let not your heart be troubled. And so something comes in, that situation comes in. We have to exercise self-control and say, no, no. I will not allow my heart to be troubled by this. We don't stop the situation from happening. We don't stop the world from pressing in on us. We can't. Okay? We can't. We wish we could. We wish God could wave that magic wand, but he doesn't. This, we can't stop. But we can say no to the stress that it brings with it. Okay? So we, we have all been on this road before where we've got a wallet, and we open it up and there's nothing in there, right? Or the bills come. Finances... Is stressful inherently are we saving enough for the future are we saving enough for college there's so much right so much can we even afford to have another baby well it's too late we're gonna I mean there's a lot of stress there there's worry there's anxiety but we can choose not to take the stress that situation brings we have this habit of always saying yes or not even realizing we can say no and so that's what we need to change that's the piece we need to change we need to allow the Holy Spirit to build up in us and cultivate the fruit of the spirit of self-control, to say no. And so, okay, the car broke down, right? It's going to be really expensive. Don't know where that money is going to come from. But I am going to say no to the stress about this. I am not going to let my heart be troubled by it. I am not going to let myself worry about it. Take that thought captive or that emotion captive by an act of your will and say no I will not do that I'm giving that to Jesus I'm going to cast that on him and I'm going to live in peace and God I can't do it on my own (laughs) I'm bad at this God I want to say no and I want to take it captive and I want to cast it on you but I'm not good at it can you please help me humble yourself that's the beginning of that Peter passage humble yourself say I need help um when I, when I first started doing this, okay, actively, um, and say, Lord, I said, Lord, I need your help with this. Can you just remind me, Holy Spirit, every time I'm about to say yes to a stress or an anxiety or a fear, every time I'm about to put that in my heart, can you give me like a little ding, you know, a little warning to let me know so that I say no, right? And the way it worked was It didn't actually happen before, it happened right after. Now it happens before, because I've gotten better at it. I was asking God to do something that was impossible, it doesn't exist. But what what the Holy Spirit helped do is, after I said yes every time, it was like, oh, yeah, that's it. I just did that, didn't I? I just allowed myself to go, oh, man. About whatever it is. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, I repented, because Jesus says, don't allow your heart to be troubled. And I did. So that's disobedience, which is sin. Which is another part of this realization for me, is that this is actually sin, and it actually needs to be confessed. And the reason my life is so messed up is because I was allowing my heart to be troubled. And so I would confess, and I would, I would cast it on him, and I would ask him to help me. And when I first started doing this, it was like 15 times a day. Like, constant. Constant was actually pretty disheartening <laughs> hey, disheartening at first because, man, it was all the time. I had no idea how much of an addict I was to this. I did it all the time in tons of small ways, tiny ways. Oh, I thought I ran the dishwasher and I didn't. Grr. That's That's a tiny stress, right? But if you let a bunch of tiny stuff in, that's bad for you. How many of you, if you were at a restaurant and you ordered a meal and it came with just a tiny bit of vomit on it, You'd be like, all right, thanks. Vomit. Well, it's just a tiny bit of vomit. It's not going to hurt you. It's just a tiny bit. No, you'd send that sucker back. And you'd probably leave the restaurant, because, dude, they just served you vomit. Um, Don't accept the little stresses. I've talked to a lot of people, especially guys, for some reason, who are like, yeah, whatever, I can handle all the little stuff. (laughs) And they make that noise, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and so they, they, they just suck in all the little stresses. And it still happens. They still get full with that junk, right? But here's the, here's the problem with that. And we'll talk more about this next Sunday. If you don't practice daily on the little stuff, when the big stuff comes, you won't say no to it like you think you can. You don't start powerlifting by, like, putting 500 pounds on the bench press. It'll kill you. Okay? You start where you're at, and you slowly build up. And so if we start on the little stresses and start on the little things, then we'll get better at saying no. We'll learn to recognize what's going on. Or we'll see the habit for what it is, and we'll be like, OK, I said yes here, and I said yes here, and I said yes here. We'll see that we say yes to the same exact thing 15 times a day sometimes. Arr, why do I keep doing this? Okay. So if you're going to practice this, or get to the next level of practicing this, don't get frustrated with yourself. Because that's what I did, and it wasn't helpful. Um, give yourself a little break and learn and just learn to say no. And a lot of us are already there. We've started this process, we do this, but there's always another level to do it at, because we always accept more of this, most of us do, unless we're really all the way there. And so, uh, yes, yeah, Steve.
1: Uh-huh. of Yourself, Margaret, control yourself, Margaret, calm yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. and it made such an impression that he was not a believer. And then, and he just left it at that, and you know what? She did, she got the whole But I left her thinking, I just learned a lesson from this, too. Mm-hmm. that you can calm yourself. Yeah, and absolutely. Exactly. That's a great example, and um, since she's not here, I do this all the time with my youngest child who's not real great at self-control. <laughs> and she gets upset, and you know, I'm like, go to your room until you can calm yourself down, and then you can come back down. And lately, it's been several times a day. Go to your room until you can calm yourself down, and then she'll come down and when, once she's okay. And it's starting to get that it doesn't take as long for her to come down because she's learning how to control herself control her emotions, which is really important. But you brought up that other point of, but God expects us to do this stuff. And that's, this is what I was missing at first, is that self-control is the key here. God expects us to do this. Yes, he gave us the peace. But we have to learn to walk in it. It's a fruit. We have to cultivate it. That means we pull the weeds, or we tend the soil, we make sure it gets water, we make sure it gets light, make sure no animals come and eat it. Okay, We tend the crops. And self-control is like that. It takes work, folks. This takes a lot of work because we have this habit, most of us. And some of us, we've broken the habit in certain areas, but in other areas we haven't. Maybe we've broken it in finances, and we don't worry about that, but with our kids, we still get super stressed, right? Because sometimes we compartmentalize things like that. Um, And so great, we have victory in this area, but now let's work on some of these others. Um, And God expects us to do the work, and it's hard work. But in my experience, there's very little in life worthwhile that doesn't take hard work. That's my experience. The, the love of God is really the only exception <laughs> to things that are really free. Everything else takes hard work. And people don't like working hard. And so sometimes when I'm giving this talk, I see people sort of like, yeah. This. I'm just going to pray and ask God to miraculously make me feel better when I'm stressed. And that's, a lot of people really believe that. They're like, oh, things are so bad. I just need God to make me feel better. And the thing is, he will do that because when you're in his, like in worship in particular, or when you're in his presence, you feel his peace. And so that makes you feel better. But it's, it's like borrowed. It's not yours. Right? Does that make sense at all? Um, and so it's not that God won't do that, but it's, but it's very short-lived. We have to learn to cultivate it and let the Holy Spirit generate that peace inside of us and learn how to cultivate self-control so that we can say no and it's not easy. It's hard. When I first started, like I said, it was like 15 times a week, or, or uh, 15 times a day, or more. So I'm constantly having to pause, and this this is the thing that I learned to do. And there, there's no magic step here, or trick, or whatever. It's between you and God figuring out how to work self-control and how to get peace. But for me, it meant I had to pause and focus for a minute on saying no and i would i'm a very visual person and a tactile person so i would like breathe and that sort of thing to so say no yeah yep. yeah It's true. Yep. Exactly. And, and Peter talks a lot about taming the tongue, in particular. Um, taming the tongue. He, he was saying, if you don't take the thought captive, but instead talk about it, that can sometimes make things worse. Now, there's, a, there, there's an occasion where talking about it is good when you, some people call it venting, but venting is usually not great. But like this could be talking about it, casting it on Jesus. Sometimes you just need to talk about it with someone else and then talk about it with the Lord in order to give it up. So that can be okay. But I think most of the time when we talk about the problems and talk about what's going on, we're complaining about it. And we're talking about how bad it is and we're wanting sympathy. Right, exactly. Are we doing it because yeah. I want you to commiserate, co-miserate, join my misery with me. I want, I want the, yeah, that's so hard, you know. And I, I think Peter would say that's not great because that, that's not taking the thought captive. That's letting the thought run right out your mouth. You know, and that's not rivers of living water that's flowing out of our mouth. That's, that's rivers of, sh- uh, of um, stress and worry and fear and distrust. We're speaking unfaith. What? Toxic. Toxic sludge. Exactly. And so now, instead of our peace getting all over other people, now we're getting our stuff all over other people. Yeah. Which gets back to the vomit analogy <laughs> from early. Yeah, Steve. You know, one of the most helpful books I ever read. I have it. I haven't read it. Cool. Christian brain scientist. Mm-hmm. But she makes such an excellent point of
1: differentiating between the mind and the brain. You're boss. Mm-hmm. Your brain is like a computer that crunches. Your self to think uh like you were talking about the thirty days uh change of mm-hmm. to change a habit. Mm-hmm. And God said, No, you gotta forgive him. You know? But um, I would take that thought and I would and visualize a wood chipper.
0: And shoot that through the wood chipper. And my own, you know, I'll admit, I was picturing him throwing him <laughs> through this wood chipper. And it relieved my, it just gave me a like 99% relief. And then God said, No, you, I'm not with the wood chipper. <laughs> Yeah, baby steps. (laughs) You're the boss. Tell them to serve you. Exactly. It it is, and it's it's a really big deal. When I was a little, when I was your age, buddy, um, I would I would come to my mom and say, "My brother, talking about Matt, right? Makes me so mad. He makes me so mad." And she would say, "No one makes you mad. You choose to be mad." She always said that, and it made me more mad when she would say that. Or rather, I chose to be more mad, because she said that. But it, it took a long time, but she would always say it, so I knew it up here. But eventually, I did realize it's true. I can choose not to let my heart be troubled or not to get angry at that. But it takes a, little ch- it takes a hard choice, and it takes a little training, and it's not easy, but you can do it. And, but it's very empowering. And uh, sadly, there's a lot of adults, you know, successful people even in the business world and stuff like that who've never learned that, and they freak out and get arrested because they beat somebody up at a bar or whatever, you know, just because they've never learned to say no to their own emotions. And if you can learn to be a really good boss of yourself, yeah. then it makes difficult situations a lot more easy to walk through and to succeed at. Because if you can be in a situation where other people are yelling at you, but it just goes straight through and it doesn't affect you, even if they're yelling horrible things or personal things, and you're just going, "Hmm." So, Lord, what are you doing here? What, what are you wanting to have done? And you're just letting everything else just go right, right past you, right over you. you you've, got, you've got your shields up. We're going to talk about this next week. When you're full of peace like that, it's like you've got a shield up against that stuff. And it just bounces right off you. And you can be like, okay, how can I help this situation? Not how can I win the argument. which is our, That's our nature. I want to win this argument because they are wrong and I'm Right? Well, peace is often more valuable than winning, an argument. Because if you can maintain peace and help the situation, that's going to be a lot better than you winning. And there's the humility piece. Can you humble yourself and lose or give up the argument or whatever it is? What's that? Blessed are the, Blessed are the peacemakers. And that's, we're going to talk about that next week, but that's where we're supposed to get to. We're spo- this is like... Kindergarten stuff, and we're supposed to get so good at this that we are filled with peace all the time. We're great at saying no to big things. We're great at saying no to even little things. We're filled with peace, and we become peacemakers. And we can bring that peace into other situations, our situations, other people's situations. I know of people, through another guy, who do this professionally. They are Christians who have mastered this, and they are now consultants in the business world. And people will bring them in. And I don't know if they talk or if they don't talk or what, but they just bring their peace into the meeting. And it gets better and things get resolved like four times faster. And so this guy gets paid now (laughs) to be peace, which I think is really interesting. Um, And I like that. Steve. Mm-hmm. Literally exist and she
1: even had pictures of 'em. Yes. Yeah. And the, a negative thought is like
0: Yes, and they look the same for everybody. Well, yeah, and there's like a it, it, i a, a Yeah. right. And and so you can read back if you if you take that negative thought and just prune it back, prune it back, eventually it dies. Yep. And you and but you always replace it. So Yes. Uh, Yes. Right. I used to worry about money all the time, and I don't now. That's not because I'm awesome. It's because I fought against that worry for long enough that it almost never shows up anymore. Very rare. Because I killed it. I took it captive, and it died in prison. <laughs> so we can really do this stuff. We are in charge. And no matter what life is doing to us, we can be pressed and not crushed. And we can learn th- this stuff in a month. Uh, wh- wherever you're at with this, um, if you do this hardcore and humble yourself and really walk this out a month from now, it's end of, j- end of July, so by the end of the summer, like uh, your life will be markedly different. Like, it'll be noticeably different. Better. <laughs> I promise, if you come back in a month. And some of, some of us, we've been practicing this for years. But there's always room for improvement, and there's always the need to be reminded, because sometimes we slack off a little bit, right? Oh, I work out. Yeah, but I skipped two of my workouts last week. So yes, I work out, but I'm kind of slacking. You know, and that's true with this. We, we, this is an active thing. We need to stay vigilant. Well, I'm just tired. I, and this is one thing I've noticed. When I'm t- physically tired or mentally tired, it's, I, it's like my goalie falls asleep. And stuff gets in. And I don't realize it. And there have been times where I, I start getting like upset. And I'm like, what is going on? And, and I'm like, oh, so, something happened. Something got in. And I didn't notice. But that's why I'm upset about this thing. It's not this thing. It's I let something in. And my peace equilibrium is off. And so I literally, I mean, I don't do it if I'm driving a car, but otherwise I will literally go to a different room, like by myself, and be like, okay, Spirit, I need you to show me what I did. Give me the instant replay. I, I sinned and I didn't realize it. I missed the mark. I did, so, I did something. I said yes to something. And I'd be like, well, there's this load on you for this deadline or whatever. And You didn't ever specifically say yes, but it just kept putting its weight on you over and over. And so you were already crushed like this, and so you said yes to that, and you said yes to that. And it got in easily. And, oh, I did do that, didn't I? Shoot. So repent, cast, fill, and then help me to be more vigilant that I don't do that again. And and then go apologize to the kid that I was short with or whatever happened, because I let that happen. right? Um, another humility piece, apologizing to your kids. So um, this, this is really, really good. You don't give peace a chance. Is that too cheesy to say? Give peace a chance. Is that too cheesy to say? It, it's really true. If you give this a chance, it is the best. It is the best. I want to I end with a little prayer time. We did this last time, um, but I want to do it again. Let's just close our eyes. And again, this isn't magic or anything like that. This is, this is what I personally do. And, you know, you and the Holy Spirit can, can do it however you want. Um, we've all got stuff in our life right now, pressures, stresses, worries. I want you to think about one of them. Think about one of the things that is in your life right now, health, money, whatever, something specific to you. And then we're going to breathe in and out slowly, and we're going to give that to Jesus and let the Spirit fill us with peace. So I want you to take a deep breath in and out, in, out. Keep doing that slow, deep breathing. And as you breathe out that thing that, has caused, that is tempting you with stress, worry, fear, I want you to just blow that right out of you. Blow it right out of your mouth, into the wood chipper, at the cross, onto the altar. I I personally picture an altar with like an old-school altar with fire on it, like Elijah days. And I'm feeding it into the flames, and it's just burning up, and it's gone now. That's, That's how I picture it personally. But whatever works for you, you breathe out the stress, repenting that we let it in in the first place. God, I'm sorry. I, I didn't take this thought captive. I said, yes. I'm, you said, don't let your heart be troubled, and I let it. I allowed that to happen, and that's on me. And I repent, and I'm sorry, Lord, and I humble myself, and I ask you to help me do this better. I really need your help to get better at this. We keep breathing that out, and then when you breathe in, I want you to picture the Holy Spirit filling you up from the inside. The Spirit of God lives in you. He's not out there. You don't have to find him. He's in you all the time. As I breathe in, I, I picture myself just feeling, my lungs filling, my body expanding with that peace of the Holy Spirit. And I do that uh, until I feel peace, honestly. And sometimes it takes longer than others. Let's just take a minute and just do that. Give these things to the Lord. If you're done giving the first thing, you can give another. <laughs> When I first started doing this, it would take a while for it to work, <laughs> you know, because I wasn't good at it yet, like with anything. The more you do it, the better you get. And so it would take 20 minutes more sometimes of prayer and alone with the Lord giving this up. I kept getting distracted, and then I'd give it up, and then I'd remember it and feel the stress right away again because i am got the habit of saying yes, and then give it up again, and... Um, but the, as you go on with this, you get better at it, and you get faster at it, too. To the point where you real, uh, something comes your way you weren't expecting, and just a f- few seconds or maybe a minute, and you've taken that thing captive, and it's gone, and it's not going to affect you. Which is really awesome. Steve? Uh, no. No.
1: Mm-hmm. Just don't like If you stop square breathing is you count four, so you go four in. Hold it for four. Exhale for four, so mm-hmm. three, And you, you go through that three times, your heart rate will drop by
0: a third. Yeah. And then you and you just feel yourself centering mm-hmm. back at it
1: not like it's a hell of Right. it really helps you.
0: Yeah. And so I I combine breathing exercises with prayer. I find it helps me to focus my prayer better because I have a focus problem, right? That's why I pace when I pray because if I don't move my body, my mind is everywhere. (laughs) And so for me, breathing, not only does it physically help right away, but the visualization of it and the focus of it really helps me to pray and to give it up. and, And that's what works for me. And now I can take a couple deep breaths with most things, and I'm okay. Um, and it works really well, we 'll talk more about that next week. um yeah, may the Lord bless you, keep you did you yeah right, yep, yeah, when I was a little kid, I was sick, three out of every four weeks, and yep it's true it's true. I actually hadn't thought of it, thought of that, but uh learning to calm my body down is something that I did have to learn in order to breathe. <laughs> I had a lot of upper respiratory infections and, and, and stuff like that. And that wasn't nice, but learning to breathe. And learning to breathe emotionally. <laughs> that that came later, but it... Amen. I am. I am. So is Bella. Yep. So... I want to pray for us, actually. Father, we just, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for self-control. I confess that I'm lazy, and I would prefer self-control not be necessary. (laughs) But it clearly is, and it is a fruit of the Spirit. And so, Lord, help me to cultivate it better. Help all of us to cultivate that better. To be more active in our own lives. To partner with you. And not just ask Daddy to do it all for us. Like, with, again, with my, with my youngest, can you get me a glass of water? I always got her glasses of water. But now I say, no, you can get a glass of water. We put cups down low so you could reach them. You can reach the sink. Get your own glass of water. Ugh, I don't want to. It's okay. Get your own glass of water, right? And we need to learn to start doing more ourselves. And, Lord, I confess that I whine like a five-year-old more often than I'd like to admit. And I ask that you'd help me with that. We want to grow up. We want to mature. Like Paul, when he was talking to one of the churches, and he said, you should be on to solid food and meat right now, and you're still nursing babes. You need to grow. You need to grow up. You need to mature. Because there's work that needs to be done, and you have to be mature to do that work. So Jesus, we want to be able to see you move more in our lives, and to do that, we need to be flowing more in the Holy Spirit. We need to be walking by the Spirit. We need to be in step with you And so we need to be learning to say no to the cares of this world. Lord, we don't want to be the seed that was scattered and grew up quickly, but then the weeds grew up alongside it and choked it out so it became unfruitful. You, you, when you were explaining that parable, Jesus, you said that those weeds are the cares of this world. All this stuff we worry about and we think about, they choke the life off of us. We're still alive, but we're not productive. We're not producing fruit. or we don't want to be that. We want to produce much fruit for you. So help us to pull those weeds. Help us to pull those, those weeds in our life and not let them grow up and choke us off and make us unfruitful. Lord, we give you our cares. We cast our anxieties on you. Help us to get better at that. Lord, we humble ourselves and admit that we need your help. So please, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help all of us that when we let something in, when we let something pass, when we allow our heart to be troubled, that you'll give us a tap. Just give us a, hey, 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 you did that just now. Let's not do that. We need your help. We need your help to recognize it so that we can start recognizing it beforehand so that we can get better at this. We thank you that you are a wonderful father who wants to help us grow and who loves your children and wants to give us good gifts. We thank you for all these good gifts that you've given us and we we're sorry when we took the good gifts you gave and we put them up on a shelf somewhere and left them to rust. Lord, we apologize that we do that sometimes and we have done it with peace and we have done it with self-control. And So Lord, show us how to use these awesome gifts awesome gifts that you have given us, and use them better. A lot of us are really far away, far along on this path already, and so help us to get even better. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.